Here hearts back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. One. <laughs> Here oh. we go. Oh, hello there. There we go. I'm uh, Billy Saul Hurak. And, uh, and I'm Big Jim McBob. Big Jim McBob. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, of course. The, uh, Second City Television. SCTV. Gosh, that, that was great. Then they they blowed up. It. They ruined it when they came out of the backwoods of Canada yeah. and they started doing it on NBC. That'd be, uh, yeah, yeah, more mainstream, as it were. I, uh, good to good to be with you again, folks. Facebook Live here with Jim and Bob every Thursday at ten thirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, we we would ask you to uh, you know participate in this. So, and our uh, and our Ed like McMahon is uh, playing the part of Ed McMahon oh, right. is Dan Alexander. Here's Danny. Morning, gentlemen. You know, before we get down to the meat of this, uh, I I think as uh, Dan had put up earlier. Uh, I would like to point out to you a system which will not guarantee that you would not get the coronavirus, but it would tip the odds very strongly in your favor. Uh-huh. So I want to do that. But first of all, sure. I wanted to mention, you came up with a very good idea for resuscitating New Jersey transit. Right. Hi- that's because a, a, pers- a proven... Yeah. Uh, what administrator? Hire of, the of hire the British guy Andy Byford, who just resigned from the MTA a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. over in New York. A great guy, great front guy, mm-hmm. talks to the uh, people, great uh, communicator. And you know, although things may not be perfect, at least the people, you know, had a face to the to the <laughs> issues, and he really stood up and he did a great job for us by all accounts. But our governor, uh huh, shot you down on that one. Ugh. I don't know if it was in response to, to to you doing that, or maybe other people had suggested it too, because he, he was a proven leader yeah. of such an operation of. Out there, unemployed. Using the right. unemployment line, so well, you I, could I, fetch I, him out of there. And but I won't take it personally. But the governor had said re uh, reasserted his faith in whoever it is is running it now. Kevin right. Corbett. What's his name? Kevin, Kevin Corbett. Corbett. Right. Ken Corbett. Kevin Corbett. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I didn't. Th- this I, somebody said that it was it was like a troika. There was three people involved. The in uh, Department of Transportation Commissioner is also involved. Yes. In that, yeah. Right? Uh, and uh, and the Ms. governor Gutierrez, and right. and uh, Mr. Corbett. Right. But but anyway anyway I thought it was very interesting. The governor said to the head person, whoever the lead horse in the troika is, uh, that you're doing a great job, and he's doing a great job. So. He certainly uh, reinforced his right. uh, his belief that he's not contemplating a change. But what what got me about that? Does that sound familiar to you, either one of you, saying you you you're doing a great job to somebody? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Okay. Dan's got his hand up. Who that, was it? That'd be uh, you're doing a great job, Brownie. You're doing a great job, Brownie. That was uh, that was in uh, 2005, I think it was. After during Katrina. Katrina. Now, here's the city of New Orleans. The dams, uh, the dikes had broken. Towns inundated with water. People are, are dying. Uh, people are being herded into a, a what turned out to be a filth-laden superdome. And everybody's yelling, where's the help? Where the, where, where's the, the, the government? Yeah. Where, where's the disaster people? Yeah. And I remember sitting there watching that, and you're almost saying, "For God's sake, where? What are you doing? Where's your your people? Your right. the, uh, what is it? The uh, oh, the emergency manager, FEMA, FEMA, FEMA. FEMA. Yeah, FEMA. FEMA. Yeah. Where's FEMA? And I don't know that they ever showed up. But mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, President uh, Bush went down to observe the scene, and he went up to the head of the uh, of the organization there. 
And here with with complete devastation around, he walked up, Dan, your cue, he walked up to him, shook his hand and said, You're doing a great job, Brownie. You Brownie Brownie. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Brownie. I don't know. But uh, I do know that uh, the, the, uh, uh, FEMA did not get many smiley faces on that no, one. No, they didn't. No. What I wanted to bring up, we're talking about the coronavirus, and since we seem to have half the world soiling their undies. Everybody's all ginned up about yeah. this thing. Yeah. I wanted to point out a system, as I said, that will not guarantee you won't get it, but it's going to give you a very good jump on a situation. And that system is called the human immune system. And if you notice now, the people who are being most affected by this do have a, I think what they call a pre-existing condition or some, some particular weakness. And I believe that in the state of Washington, a town called Kirkland, which is a Seattle yeah, suburb, right. nine people died. Right, from uh, the same facility, is that correct? From the same facility. Mm -hmm. This was a uh, elder care uh, facility. Yeah. And they all obviously had some kind of a condition, and they, they had weakened immune systems. Now, whether this is universal or not, I don't know. But uh, I was likening this. There are certain parallels to the Great Plague in Europe, the old bubonic plague, the Black the, Death, you know, the in Europe. In the 1300s? It was in the 14th century. 14th century. Uh, well, actually, it, it crept up from Italy is where it started. I won't get into the history of it. Hit England in about 1342. Now... What happened there was, here was a, a disease, of course, the bubonic plague, and here was a population. Now, the population had been suffering for a number of years from a, a change in climate. Does that ever, does that sound familiar? Yeah, it happens from time change. to time, yeah. Mm -hmm. And since 1315, it has rained almost every day. Mm. And so this devastated the crops. And people were living on what they could scratch up and often even moldy wheat because right. what, uh, what did grow rotted very quickly. The point is that the immu immune systems were almost non-existent in people. The human body is made to attack and def defend itself from this sort of thing. However, the system that does that, the, the troops, yeah. were all you know, down on their knees because the... Uh, of the diet and and the climate and the life that that, that he had led so they had nothing uh, in the system left to to defend them yeah. from this therefore this was a great part of the devastation now uh, the uh, parallel in my view anyway and purely a matter of opinion we have a whole population in this country the western countries really that in a sense do have crippled immune systems because of the diet. Yes, I'll I don't think I, I think I don't think people will argue against that anymore. And things that are attacking and killing and debilitating the immune system in this country. Let's stick quickly with this country: processed foods, by and large. Oh, great! The Absolutely. ingredients in mm -hmm. foods, Bob. You you've, uh, you've certainly looked into that. Mm -hmm. And so. Beside that, what is it's a huge percent of the population. Is it something like sixty percent or something has diabetes? Uh, it's uh, it's pretty high up I mean, there. It's, it's growing. It's right, growing yeah. all the time. And even they're finding out that this this is starting in very very. A lot of young, it is uh, adult onset. Too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, this is a pre-existing condition. Obesity, of course, is another pre-existing mm -hmm. condition that does damage to the body's 
ability the troops the body has you're naturally born with and we all have to, to fight, fight off, off infection infections and disease, yeah. so what uh this leads to i guess and i i don't want to try to sit here like thump a, a pulpit yelling about nutrition because frankly i'm not a nutritionist but things that are that are quite obvious the best thing that you could do if you're really afraid of this is to get your immune system up and operating mm. which means detoxing and you could say well why do i have to detox you know i don't drink or you know not in excess or i don't do this or that if you're on the basic american diet you're eating foods that is processed not whole foods processed foods of any kind they do have if you look at uh the labels on practically any food you buy in a market and it'll have a list as long as your arm sometimes and they're very confusing and if you're not in tune or yeah. really educated so i think that. people generally don't pay a whole lot of attention right. to that it takes a little bit of uh, doing but i think uh what i would suggest people do just to make a short of this thing and, and not trying to jump down anybody's throat is go online you can get all kind of information about this and I had a book. I brought this up once before, and I don't think I bought it this time. I brought it this time. It's called uh, Toxins. Mm. Very simply, I think it was on the New York Times bestseller list mm. one time. I don't know if anybody ever reads the books. Reads the books that get on that list. They buy them. It helps the sales for the books. But I, I'm not sure anybody being listed reads it. on the. Uh, but it it gets into that in detail, and practically everything that people eat in the way of fast food, pre-prepared foods of any kind, processed foods. It is full of uh, enemies. Things that aren't really. good for you. Yeah. That, that so, actually attack your body. Yeah. So look that up. And I think the, so my point is the best defense that you have against this virus and others is to somehow activate your, your antibodies, your immune system. Because that's what it's there for. But uh, this whole system that we have here, the food system, yeah. is... Uh, seriously crippling it so the best things we can do to combat it right now is like you're saying is uh watch your diet do a little detox mm -hmm. take care make sure yeah. that you're at your peak efficiency yeah to, to defend against illness um practice safe uh cleanliness right uh, yeah, you wash well, your hands you don't have to go to any kind of extreme i really uh stick with a what's called a plant-based uh diet yeah. uh, whole food or natural foods unprocessed nice. mostly which is mostly vegetables but i sometimes sneak in fish mm -hmm. but, uh, just just watch it uh, educate yourself on that matter right and, and if you're, uh, and you're susceptible to uh, illness you know, uh, when you say detox young. i think people think yeah of, it's uh, a other little people bit extreme there, yeah. you know you're going into convulsions no, or the no. like uh, this is not necessarily so uh, but uh, just your get body some information your body it. should be at its peak um peak condition at times of uh, when it has to fight an illness of course yes, so you, yes, exactly. you really don't want to take any chances you'll want to well, expose yourself if you don't need to and you learned that really uh, through very well uh, what trying personal experience. right well you know i'm i'm immune deficient now because of my uh, my uh, surgery mm -hmm. so i've got to be very watchful of that i'm very very militant about washing my hands and keeping my work surfaces and things around me clean and you know, around my environment, uh, you you can only do so much, but you really have to take an active uh, part in making sure that you're protected yeah. as best you can. But as we said, the human body is prepared to fight for you. You have to give it a chance. You have to feed it, really, uh, and, and get this up and working again. 
And there's no guarantee that it's going to protect anybody from a, from a virus. Right. But it's going to tip the odds very strongly in your favor. Mm-hmm. Okay, arrest so, my case. Anybody have any comments about what we're talking about? Just dr- jot them on the uh, Facebook page here, and we'd love to respond to you. Right? Yeah, what, what else, uh, just some of the things going on. In New Jersey, okay, let's stick, uh, stay here in the Garden State for a while. The plastic bag ban or proposed ban mm-hmm. is back up in the news again. It's uh, supposed to be voted on today, right, Dan? Is the this Senate a round two? A the Senate is scheduled to take a vote today, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does that uh, translate into? That if it's passed, that all plastic bags at supermarkets? Uh, is uh, it, single, is use, single use. Single, single use. use plastic. So basically what we get now Single-use plastic bags and paper bags would uh, would be banned from you couldn't right. hand them out, and also plastic straws would be available on a limited basis. Well, wait a minute, now paper bags too? Yes, that I didn't realize. Yep. Well, now in New York they banned the plastic bags. Are they banned paper in. bags as well? Yeah. I, yes. But uh, yeah, that that went in over in New York in uh, on on last March this past week, mm-hmm. March first. But apparently the law is not going to be completely enforced and people will not be penalized until April 1st. So they're getting a 30-month break-in period with the the new life without plastic bags. But somebody said, I believe, I haven't followed this that closely, but I I think it's it's a no-brainer to ban these things. But uh, the ban will actually be in effect when? Well, uh, if it passes this, in New Jersey, if it, if passes. it passes, what, today? What's it? 18 months, 18 right, Dan? Months. Year well, and a half? by 18 months, there won't be any oceans left. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of a moot point. Hmm. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, again, just a, a quick aside, things that pop historically into your head in New Jersey. Back in the early part of this millennium, uh, or maybe even going back to the 1990s, the legislature passed a law, which is still a law on the books, that uh, anybody having or wanting a firearm in New Jersey, had to get one that was a, a foolproof system, a tamper-proof lock sort of system right. on it. However, they said that that would go into effect as soon as somebody invents one. <laughs> uh, uh, just, just to clarify, I found an article in the New York Post. Yeah. Um, the ban, uh, you can pay a nickel to get a paper bag at, at a supermarket, in, at a store in New York. Uh-huh. Plastic bags, no, but you can pay a nickel to get a, get a paper bag. Every time you go in. So you're every going to Christie's or whatever supermarket, mm-hmm. you need 10 bags, it's going to cost you 50 cents every shopping That's trip. That's correct. Right? So, okay. Okay. All right, so there's still some options. You're not, you're not walking home with eggs in one hand and a, you know, a thing of Pocket bread in the other. Yeah, <laughs> right. Chicklets and stuff. Yeah, you, at least you got a bag for it. Uh, oh, man. So, uh, again, I think it's absolutely necessary to do that, but I'd like to see it done right away. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't do that because of the commercial interest, or the corporate interest in the manufacture of these bags. Well, I love the uh, argument the last time it came up by the plastic bag industry, who said, you don't need to do away with plastic bags. What we need are heavier, thicker plastic bags. Yeah, well, the- uh, which, to me, would... <laughs> Multiply the, uh, the 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 ill effects, <laughs> the <laughs> devastation and stuff is right. But, uh, uh, but so, the, and what do you think about straws? I'm not a straw person. I'd rather just I, drink out of a out of a cup or a glass or whatever. But uh, apparently, people are not thrilled with these new paper straws. I mean, they have a very very short uh, 
short lifespan, like maybe mm -hmm. about five or ten minutes before, if you don't use them and they're emerged in a liquid, that they just become completely start to disintegrate no. and they be, they're rendered useless after about 10 minutes. My wife and I have a restaurant that we like to go to and they right. use paper paper straws and they're fine. Really? I've, I have a, I'll usually, oh, you must I usually be using water a with better meal, paper straws. And the straw will sit in the water and for the whole meal so you figure it's maybe 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour. And well, so much for it, what I just it's said. Right? It's, it's serious. No, I mean, I'm not trying to give you... No, no, it's fine. It's just that it's... Be it's, nice. Don't fight. It's fine. <laughs> Nice We've not someone gave me, but someone gave me metal straws as a gift last year. Oh, well, I was just thinking. Everybody tried noodles. <laughs> noodles. <laughs> well, I mean, aren't there hollow pastas? Long. I haven't thought about that. Interesting. I know. Nobody seems to have thought about that. I just, no. I, I just thought about it. Okay. Uh, I don't. Know. I thought there, there were some that would, would probably make a nice straw. Yeah. Well, anyway. Or cinnamon sticks, I think. Oh, they used you. to use. Remember back in the day when uh, oh, coffee you're, houses yeah, were big? Cinnamon now, you're, sticks? now you're on something. Okay, what's going on here? Moving on beyond. If anybody has a big argument about it, we'd love to hear from you one way or the other. Right. I, I, uh, I think people don't have time really to keep up with what's going on. Right. They have a very uh, short uh, time, and they need to get their information and move on. What happened was, after years of resisting it, I finally got Netflix. And I watched every documentary. I didn't watch very few shows. I wasn't that interested in them, but just documentaries. And there's so many on yes. subjects like this. A lot and of you, good and stuff. you can see graphically what's happening. Oh, you know, I tell you another one uh, interesting that thing that, that's going on here water. Uh, as long as we're on the subject of devastating the planet, uh, water is potable drinking water, safe water, is becoming very, very scarce worldwide. <laughs> and much of the, the available water supply is going not to human beings, but it's going to animals, mm. this uh, animal agriculture, raising cattle and the like, huge amount of it. And then they, in turn, are exercising their scatological functions <laughs> and polluting the water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so th they're going to run out for themselves. But... Uh, oh, that that reminds me. Remember what the president of Brazil said. You think that President Trump is eccentric? The president of Brazil had come out, and as far as we know, he was serious about this. And he said the best way to save the environment is for everybody just to poop every other day. Now, <laughs> go figure. I but uh, that was like the president. Odd and even. Well, some what, people are not. That, <laughs> like gasoline. Somebody have to go when they got to go. But, but wouldn't that be a little bit of a strain on the uh, sewer here's, system? Here's something that's criminal. Now, this is also part of the same plastic thing because of the bottled water, which is huge. And this is one of the, the worst polluters uh, currently befouling the, the mother planet. But the fact, now, all for, for money. Get this now. Nestle. A company mm. who makes a lot of bottled waters. Oh, yeah, and a lot of other brand, products. Yeah. Is set to renew its permit to bottle fresh water from one of Florida's springs. The permit allows Nestle to take one million gallons a day from this aquifer. From this wow. aquifer at no cost. Goodness. After paying a $115 application fee. Wow. Now, we are sitting in New Jersey. On the, on the pine lands, on one of the great aquifers of the world. And this is why you have the pine land reg, uh, regulations, of course, and the right. restrictions, is to try to protect that. But here, now here they're just giving that away. I don't know why. Why wouldn't you, do, you, you think you charge them something. 
But yeah. for a hundred and fifteen dollar fee, Nestle gets to take a million gallons of pristine, pure spring water a day. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. So, like you're saying, like what is stopping a company up here in, in New Jersey from doing the same? I would at, at uh, yeah. one of the Pine Lane aquifers. I would think somebody had some political influence somewhere yeah, to get, get, a, get a, a crime like that. Wow, that's going. just incredible. Okay, moving wow. right along. Uh, oh, I, I want to, speaking of legislature, I, I would like to see somebody introduce a bill, enforce it, to ban the people who, uh, say, uh, customer service people with companies from using the phrase, your call is very important to us. <laughs> because you know when you hear that, the call doesn't mean anything to them. Right. Uh, the call doesn't mean diddly, or somebody would answer the phone. I would, I would definitely agree, yeah. And you wonder, and they say all of our operators are busy. I'll bet you there's one operator for about 100 incoming calls at some of these companies. Well, th this is the problem to save the money. They may have two operators there. Yeah. Or, or, you know, so I imagine sometimes it must be down to one. And then they come back after your call is very important to us. Your call will be answered in the order in which it was received. And the estimated waiting time is 27 minutes. Yeah, pretty much. I think the most I ever got that I can remember was 17 minutes. Oh, you're, you're good. I've gotten about 35 or 45 minutes. Have you really oh, gotten that? And then they say... I don't call the right people, No, I then guess. they say, would you, like, would you like to leave a message or call back later? It's like, Do no, they I'm just actually call here. back? Are you ever... I've never done that. I just stay on the line. I just uh, suck it up and just stay on the line and... They get to me in about 35 or 45 minutes. At least they're telling you the truth. Uh, Crazy. You, you were uh, uh, telling me something before we started this about uh, Senator Sanders or Bernie who had made some kind of recently. Dan would know Over about the last this day or so. the last few minutes or, some, or the last few hours. Since had, uh, had made a Tuesday. remark which sort of you would think would maybe compromise his uh, He, he his, basically his, said, and this is the gist of it, his, and in... In, a, in, an, inter in an interview yeah. last night, he basically admitted that if uh, Joe Biden gets a plurality of the delegates and he starts to pull away and there's no chance of him winning, Bernie winning, that he will concede and he will uh, throw his support to Joe Biden at some point. But my point is the fight is still going on. And if I'm a Bernie supporter, I want to hear my, my guy say, we're not done yet. We haven't begun to fight. And I, wanted, I want you all to dig in, and I want you to fight this. This well, isn't over yet. The problem with all but this I'm is... I'm just curious on why he would make that... Uh, yes, eventually the party's going to come together. That's what they want to do. You have no way of knowing people don't what exactly is going on, because everything's going on. I think Eric Scott used to say this with great wisdom, that... Everything in the political arena and legislation is done in some closed room somewhere right. behind the scenes. And what we get is some interpretation by media, yeah. mm -hmm. which often nowadays is so slanted, you don't right. know, you know what's true and what's not true. Yeah, Sanders, oh. Sanders was on the uh, Rachel Maddow show last night on MSNBC, uh -huh. and he said that if he is left, I'm reading from a Newsweek article, he says, if he is left with fewer delegates than Biden at the end of the primary season, he plans to bow out of the race, insisting that using superdelegates to decide the nomination would be a mistake. 
Right. He doesn't want to get into the weeds of, of, of uh, contesting the nomination, right? Dan? Quote, if Biden walks into the convention or at the end of the process and has more votes than me, he's the winner, said Sanders, before confirming that he would concede whether the lead was a majority or a plurality. Well, now, Sanders is a, is a gentleman when it comes to that sort of thing. He's not going to... Oh, come on. He's a crusty, ill-tempered old man. <laughs> And I know I'm not across the whole But But, it, but <laughs> my point is, man. even if that is so, why did he have to announce that, like, I, right I have now? No idea. I You know, Are I kind of like him for that. I, can, I was thinking about this doing this oh, thing. We, we do have some other breaking news from the political front. Uh-huh. What's that? Uh, apparently, uh, Elizabeth Warren is dropping out. Oh. she going back to the teepee. Apparently. That's first news on that. She is suspending her presidential campaign. She'll be announcing the decision um, at 11 o'clock, according to NBC News. Oh, wow. And so. she's throwing her support to whom? We don't. It does not say here. It's got to be Biden. Uh, yeah, because I think the party must be really doing arm twisting. Yeah, here. it's got to be. I mean, and plus her and Bernie had a little bit of a dust up in one of well, the earlier debates. You remember yeah, that one? Well, she said, did you just call me? The mic was hot after the... Uh, the debate was over, and it said, I believe you just called me a liar on national television. And he's going, no, let's not talk about this now. Let's uh, talk about this later. No, I think you called me a liar. That's <laughs> pretty pretty funny. Well, I think so, we've, we've called a whole bunch of liars. So it'll be interesting to see who she throws her support behind. Yeah, uh, but you're probably I, right. I, I, it's going to be Biden, I think. Look, it's almost like the children's crusade, you know, because most of his followers are, are very young people. Many, of course, on the college campuses right. and all, whose brains, I guess, uh, for their recent pass through puberty, has expanded their brains to some colossal galactic state, and they know everything. Well, they're getting to run the colleges, why not? Mm. But, but this seemed to be the, the, the route, and I was just hoping that uh, the children in this children's crusade end up better off than the ones in the original children's crusade. Right. Remember that? Well, you weren't there. Too. No. 1212 was, was the year. No, a little before my time. Yeah, and uh, Pope Innocent III was trying to stop it. <laughs> but, but they got 20,000 kids that were going to go over and take the Holy Land back from the, from the Moors. And they never got there. In fact, they, I don't think they ever, they, a few of them ever got, the ones that got into boats actually to go, these were children, they were, were captured by the Moors and, and sold as slaves. Mm. So it didn't work out terribly well. And the others were driven out of the city because they, it was kind of like, I guess, some of the uh, towns in Mexico now trying to get the transients out who can't get across the border, so they're camped out. And, and everything became overloaded there. Yeah. Anyway, be that as it may, that's our, our walk down and you memory want, lane. And you just wanted to say something about uh, your pleasant uh, insurance experience. Yeah, I don't want to. I'll, I'll do that next week when okay. we got more time. Right. I, I, I brought this up last week. This, to me, was, was a... a an enlightening experience. We had an experience with a uh, an insurance, one of the one of the big insurance companies, whose name I will reveal at the end because it ended out well, and I thought they did a, a remarkable thing. Uh, who had declared a claim uh, to be what invalid claim because of a technicality, and at the time I was simply saying, read the small print. Nobody reads the small print in their insurance policy. I never had. You ever do that? No. Uh, because there are clauses down there that one did give them an out because this was in effect they claimed it was a pre-existing condition or an accident waiting to happen therefore they would not honor the claim and it's a pretty sizable thing this was a large uh, yeah. vehicle uh, and so that was the end of the matter then later we got a call from somebody higher up than the evaluator who said you know we've taken a second look at this mm-hmm. 
And the upshot of it is it ended very happily. But I thought it was very interesting, the fact that the first person said absolutely not. You know, here in the article, this section here. But their supervisor this. overrode but their the decision. But the person in, right. in charge, and I want to tell a little bit more of that story because I think it was rather remarkable that a company who presumably could have, and maybe some companies less, what, ethical than this one would, would have let it go at that. Here's their opportunity to get out mm -hmm. because never thought of contesting the thing. I mean, you're going to go to a lawyer over that and spend more money than you're and losing. And there was a sizable it. amount of money on this. Yeah. Uh, on this but anyway, yeah. that, that uh, there is a happy ending to yeah. uh, an insurance That's fight good. that I wanted to talk about. Oh, one thing, talking about cars. I'd never heard of this before. Yesterday, I got my uh, Miata out of the garage where it's been sitting since last October. Springtime. And, of course, the inspection sticker had run out in the meantime. So I went to the inspection station, and everything was ready. It flunked. And I'd never heard of this before. It was a lack of onboard diagnostic readiness. Uh, onboard diagnostic readiness failure. All right, now, so, did, you have, did you have work done on it? Uh, prior to uh... well I had the whole time it was sitting there I had the battery cable the positive battery cable off to keep the battery from running down every now and again I'd go out and stick it back on and fire the car up well that you know if if I'm not mistaken that could be because your computer was not set to be tested that's exactly that's what they said that you've got because well, once your computer is reset and per, and I don't even know perhaps with the battery being disconnected for the long time that you didn't drive well, it, that that may have reset that. the computer on its own. And once the computer is back on and ready to be driven, mm -hmm. you have you to put back. on a certain amount of miles. Well, for it to I drove ready. it today, which was a few miles. I'm so, going to let it go for a while. Yeah. Well, they give you a, a reject, little small yeah. reject, a red sticker, but they also give you this readout. That if you get stopped, you show it to them. Yeah. But there's no time limit no. on it that I, I think, can see. I think you have to go at least 40 to 50 miles, depending on the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Some vehicles take at least well, 80 or 100 or 120 miles. But well, you'll, I wish you'll I'd certainly... Run into, I wish I'd run into you before yesterday. But you know, you'll certainly I, you get... Know, but, no, but, you, but you don't know these things. You, you're going uh, in. Who knew that disconnecting a battery would reset your computer? Who knew There that? was a time when going to a motor vehicle agency or inspection was just like walking into hell. Yeah. You expected Karen to be in a boat there to lead you across the river Styx or something, right into the bowels of hell. But I go to one that is an absolute pleasure. And I hesitate. I tell people about this, but I hesitate to make it public. No, because, because it's, your, 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 it's your secret, man. This is, Before it, you know it, you'll have yeah. lines out the, yeah. uh, around the corner. I have I've had five, up to five cars, so I'm in there frequently. <laughs> Yeah. But it, it is the most pleasant place, and the people are absolutely great. I'll yeah. tell you where it is. You're, 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 really? You're not going down there. It's on Route 38 in what I guess would be East Hampton, next to Mount Holly, which is the Burlington uh -huh. County seat. Right. It's on Route 38. And if you go in there, tell these people that I had uh, spoken very highly of them. That's a fairly new one, isn't it? No. Well, no, not really. Oh, okay. I'm confused. No, oh, no. They've one been there so this is a years. DMV and an inspection station? No, no, no. Station? Just the inspection just station. Just the inspection station. I'm not going to tell you where I go to the DMV <laughs> no, agency no, because no. the one in the town uh, where I live is, again, kind of reminiscent of the old days. It brings back old memories, yeah. oh. mostly because of crowding. Yeah. And then, of course, I don't, you know, people who work in that, you, you have to understand, that must be... 
very difficult keeping your temper. Oh, yeah. Dealing with the, the public. Mm -hmm. But I know one that is run extremely well, and people who go way out of their way to be helpful and to get you in and out. But I'm not going to tell you where that is. That's fine. And it's not that, well, I'm not going to tell you where it is. So it's a beautiful day, and you got your Miata up here, and it's a little cool for the top down, No, it's not. (laughs) That's why I got it. Now, you were, if my memory serves, were you in a Miata club a bunch of years ago? Yeah, yeah, that was great. And it was a different Miata. Was and was that club? Did that go up to the Poconos for the racetrack or I, something? Oh, if I recall, I, you know what you mean. No, where they used to have uh, access to driving on the track at Pocono. I know there was one place that you could take a Porsche and do that okay. just for fun, get right. out on the track, and because there's no way you can see how fast it's going to go. Right. Well, you can, but I mean, I'm not going to tell you where I do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great day to to get out yes. there. And beautiful day. Open her up, and uh, the uh, time change is coming up this weekend. So, oh, really? Things are getting brighter. You're going to lose is an this hour. One? Yeah, Boy, this, I'm glad uh, I came in today. Sunday morning. I would yeah. never have known that. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Lose an hour of sleep, but we gain an hour of daylight. All right. Okay. Jim Gerhardt, right. Bob Williams, thank you very, very much for your, for your support. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast.